the Lord really wants to stir up passion and, and hunger and fire in our midst uh, again and, and, and refresh our hearts in, in hunger and pursuit of the Lord. And so I'm just going to preach the next several weeks on pursuing God. So you have your outlines there. You can go ahead and uh, take those out. And uh, Roman numeral one, setting our hearts to pursue God. Now, this is who we are. I mean, at the core of who we are as a spiritual family, we are a people that want to seek the Lord. We want to pursue the Lord. And even this morning while I was just praying and preparing, I felt like 2017, it, it has this Isaiah 55 verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. It has that kind of flavor on it. I feel like we are in a season where the Lord is going to release mercy to the church and to our nation. And I feel like it's uh, uh, our, our sort of job as the church to seek God right now, to go after the Lord uh, in real pursuit right now. That there is an uh, uh, open door of opportunity to, to encounter the Lord. And so I feel like Isaiah 55, 6, kind of a verse that, that's not in your notes, but the Lord just dropped on me this morning. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And that's why I want to lean into this. And so this is at the core of who we are as a spiritual family. You know, night and day worship and prayer, uh, to, to continue in 24-hour prayer, it requires, you know, hearts that are hungry for God. You can't eke out 24-7 worship and prayer on spiritual discipline. Now, it requires a ton of spiritual discipline, but it, it, it requires more than that. It requires hearts that have been touched by the Lord who, who are desirous of encountering God who then respond to his touch on their lives. And, and for us to, to see that at the center of who we are as a spiritual family, it, it's, it's not just a, a discipline or a schedule, it's this interaction between us and God where we really sense the presence of the Lord and then we respond because we're hungry for more of God. And that's who we have to be. Now here's the thing. Pursuing God and hungering for God over the long haul, that's not easy. You can do it for a, a, you know, a, a service, or you can have a special you know, like emphasis for a week, or maybe even you go on a, an extended fast and you do 21 days or something like that. And I know a lot of folks start the year with a 21-day fast. But even in those moments, there's those special emphases, those special setting of the heart, to go beyond that, which is really what we're talking about, is to not just have a special emphasis, but to be a people in hot pursuit. Do you know what I'm saying? To be a people who live like this. I don't want to just have high moments in my life, and then, you know, you sort of get, you know, you get down the road, and you sort of look back, and you go, I remember that one time when we really, really sought the Lord. That was a good time. And you just only have those few certain times where you can remember those seasons of encounter. I don't want to be that person. I want to string together in the grace of God. This is not, I'm not talking about striving right now. I'm talking about in the grace of God. I want to string together years of pursuing the Lord, seeking him first, engaging my heart with God and, and expecting breakthrough and encounter. I want to live like this all the days of my life. Am I in the right room? 
That's right. This is how we want to, how we want to live. Christianity was never supposed to be about you sort of get the main plain 50 or 100 scriptures down and then you just sort of kick it into neutral and you just be a good person. Christianity was supposed to be about having a wild heart of love and desire for our living God who is alive and active and he's working in our, the, the affairs of humanity and his word is living and active and piercing our soul and, and our spirit. Christianity is supposed to be this this wild experience of, of encountering the uncreated God. And you know, part of, he, he loves, he loves to play hide and seek for some reason. I, I don't ever understand. I'm like, Lord, would you just show up? He goes, try to find me. I'm like, I've been trying to find you for a long time. He goes, keep looking. You know, there's just a point. If you have, I, my daughter's six. Her, one of her favorite games is hide and go seek. And I can always, you know, I can always figure out where to hide in the house where she can't find me. And there's a point where she's like, I can't find you. And I got to come on out, you know. Sometimes I feel like I get to that point with the Lord. I'm like, I can't find you. He goes, keep coming. I'm like, I can't find you. He goes, if you seek me with all your heart, then you will. says keep coming he loves the chase he loves the pursuit he loves hearts that are hungry after him he's not trying to ignore or be aloof you know why because he loves that kind of a heart and the reason why is because that's how his heart is for us he is hungry and desirous of us and he causes that hunger and desire in us to grow to a equivalency with his own desire for, for us for our lives so I want us at the beginning of the year right now, I want us to just replumb line ourselves, reset ourselves to be a people that are pursuing God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, seeking the Lord. And so today I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give a, a whole lot of thoughts on pursuing God. And hopefully the idea is to prime the pump a little bit. Hopefully I, it pricks your heart a little bit. And hopefully today you come out of this thing going, you know what? This, this year, 2017, I want it to be a year of seeking the Lord while he may be found. So this is the core of who we are. It's a function. Part of what we do is a function of hearts that are responding to God because we've been touched with desire. And he is the object of our desire. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I took December and I just, I read through the Psalms. I read through all of them. And... Um, you know, I was, I was struck this time as I was reading through the Psalms at how often the, the, the narrative of what's going on in the Psalms and really in the Bible, how often the narrative is mostly about pursuing and being steady through trials and walking through difficulties and, and, and staying faithful and crying out to God when, when the enemies are surrounding. And, 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 and then, you know, then there'll be those moments of breakthrough. But the narrative, the biblical narrative, and for sure in the book of Psalms and throughout the whole Bible, the narrative is, from a time standpoint, is mostly about pursuing and seeking and being faithful through trials and, and seeking God even when there is no breakthrough. It's 
wild because when you read it and you read the stories, uh, the, the scriptural stories all together, you find that the biggest part of the biblical narrative is steady pursuit when there isn't any breakthrough. There's something about being that kind of a person, that you stay steady, seeking the Lord, always believing, always expecting, but always leaning in, being that kind of a person. See, because what happens to us is this, we get these special emphases, these special focuses, these times that we lean in, and we go after the Lord, and maybe he meets us, or maybe we don't get what we expected, but what will end up happening with us is we will just kick ourselves back into sort of like, if we were going like in fifth gear, we'll just kick it on back into, you know, second gear, and think like, well, that's just normal, just to live sort of, you know, just, just purring down the road. And, and then after a while, if you keep going and you don't experience the things you hope for, a lot of times people kick it into neutral, and that's normal Christianity for a lot of people. And I just want to say, not this year. Not this year. We don't want to live normal Christianity. We want to live a biblical Christianity. And a biblical Christianity is lots of pursuit and moments of breakthrough. I call them subtleties and suddenlies. The subtleties are the day in, the day out, seeking the Lord. Lord, it's by your grace today. You get out of bed, you know, and you just worship. I love you today, Jesus. By your grace, I'm serving you today. Thank you for loving me and setting me free. I'm going for you today, Jesus. Lord, I just pray, open your word to me. Let me flow in love with other people today. And you just, subtlety, you know, you just get in the word. You get in prayer. You love you serve, you give, you bless, you just do that every day. And you live in the subtleties, and it's that person who lives in the subtleties that boom, the suddenlies happen for them. But a lot of times we wanna be the person that doesn't really do the subtleties, and they just kinda have this lottery faith. You know, just hope you hit it big. They're not in the, they're not in the, the, the daily pursuit. They just wanna buy, you know, they just wanna get the lotto. Six numbers, it's gotta be it, you know? <laughs> it's like the person who wants to get rich without budgeting and financial planning and steady plotting. You know, they're just lottery faith. A lot of Christians are like that. They just go for the big, you know, moment without actually doing the day in and day out pursuing of the Lord. You know, when we read the Bible, you find this. There's all these stories of encounters and miracles and healings, revival, all these things, and we love those stories. But what happens is that we, we can miss that it takes time and that there's faithfulness and pursuit that happens through those breakthroughs. I'm saying it in C, I say that most of the biblical narrative is about faithfulness over the long haul. Like the book of Acts, for instance, you know, I love reading the book of Acts because I love the stories of healing and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, angelic encounters, and salvations, you know, just thousands getting saved. And we read the book of Acts, you can think that it's like takes place in about, you know, two years. The book of Acts takes place in about 35 years. All those things that are going on are spread over 35 years of time, and we're getting the high points of things that are happening. But here's the deal. In between those high points, there are months and years of faithful people hungry for God, seeking the Lord day in and day out. You know, we, we look at the day of Pentecost and we go, man, we need another Pentecost. But what we miss is that 
There's those 10 grueling days of intercession that they didn't stop. You know, they prayed night and day for 10 days and then they get the breakthrough. And, and here's the point. All of it, beloved, all of it, all of it is God's ingredients for us. The days of pursuit without seeing the end, the days of being faithful through trials, the days of hanging on when it feels like, why should I hang on any longer? And then you get refreshed and you go back after the Lord. Lord, I'm here, I wanna seek you. The ups and the downs, the trials, the pursuit, all of that, and then the moment of breakthrough, that whole picture is the thing that God wants us to get into our soul as normal Christianity, where we pursue when we don't see, we stay faithful when there's trials and challenges, and we stay with it with a heart that's hungry for encounter. We stay with the Lord until the breakthrough comes. So that's where I wanna get us to. I want us to move from shallow pursuit. I want us to move from microwave Christianity. I don't want us to live with a lottery faith. We hope we hit it big without a daily pursuit of God. I want us to go into sort of the, a little deeper thought, a little more mature, where we're seeking God day in and day out, hungering and thirsting for the Lord. And, and I pray that right now that you're, you're just, your heart's just beginning to get pricked with like, no, I wanna go after God this year. Like give yourself that, that, that long range vision of, of just a year. Let's just even get that under our belt. And if you've got that under your belt, then give it a five year or a 10 year. You know, I, I uh, looked at my notes and I just flashed back in my mind you know, like 20 years ago, doing a message on hungering and pursuing God. Here I am, 20 years later, and I'm preaching on the same thing. And I haven't seen nearly what I've, my heart's hungered for in the Lord, or I haven't actually touched what I've been believing and praying for. But you know what? When I just, I just looked at my notes, I just remembered in my mind, I just had that little flashback, and I just felt like the Lord just said, That'll do. Keep going for it. Keep seeking me. Keep searching. Keep knocking. The door will be open. Amen. All right, Roman numeral two. I, uh, I said I was reading through the Psalms, and I was realizing that was when, I was, when I was reading through the Psalms, I'd read through it, and, and you know, when you're, when you're just sort of on a, a reading plan, you know, you kind of, you can kind of phase out a little bit. You kind of just fog over as you're reading until you get to something good. There's a good verse. Oh, the blessings of the Lord are for the righteous. Amen. He adds no sorrow to it. All right, amen. There's a good one. You just kind of keep going, you know. I would have fainted lest I believe I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Like we, we're always looking for those sort of verses that we're familiar with, that have good promises to them. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of verses in between those. Have you guys ever noticed those verses in between? <laughs> exactly. And it's so interesting because you can actually read the Bible a ton and never read those verses in between. There's more than just the good stuff in the Bible. And, and, and we can't live passing over the not so good stuff. If we do that, if that's our biblical picture where we pass over the not so good stuff, we don't have a credible picture of the Bible. We don't have a credible faith. We've got only the good, we've just got the, the dessert on the buffet. 
We don't have anything else on that buffet line. Now, I, I know a lot of you guys have been in, in holiday mode, and, and basically all you've had to do is, is eat the desserts right now. I mean, it's all been, you know, good foods this last month. I think December is the month of eating. It's feasting. But that can't be how we do our faith. That can't be how we do uh, our, our understanding of the Bible. And so, like, I, I say this in A under Roman numeral 2, when we read a passage like Psalm 27, it's easy for us to mostly focus on the one thing part. We love that part. One thing have I desired, O Lord, to dwell, to gaze on your beauty, to dwell in your courts. Oh, yeah, that feels so good in my soul. I love it. One thing I desire. And the, and the problem is that we'll consider that, and then we don't consider everything else that's going on with David that actually gets him to the place of being able to say one thing I desire. So Psalm 27, we love the passage. There's a much bigger picture going on, a ton of ingredients going on that gets David to that very focused place of pursuit and hunger and desire. So I wanna just read it. I wanna read the whole passage. And I want you to think about how often you've passed over the not so good stuff to get to the, the good stuff. And what I did just so you can't, so you don't pass over it this time is I underlined the not so good stuff for you. Verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? See, we'll just take that one. We'll go, yes, the Lord is my light. I don't fear anybody. And I asked the question, why is David having to declare that? Why is he having to declare, I'm not afraid of anybody? I'll give you a hint, because there's a lot of scary people around. We watched uh, the new Star Wars movie. My daughter has been, you know, she's been a bit roughed up. I'll just say it that way, because she has three teenage brothers. So she's like, I can watch Star Wars. I'm like, all right, let's go watch it. And we went and watched it, and Darth Vader came on. She goes, I'm not scared of him. But there's something about having to declare, I'm not scared of him, like David is. Whom shall I fear? Why is he saying that? Because there's somebody scary around. In fact, there's more than somebody. There's a lot of scary around. A lot of scary people around. Let's look at it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, you can take that as a faith statement, or you can see that David's kind of trying to pump himself up a little bit. He's giving himself a little bit of a pep talk. Who should I be afraid of when wicked come against me to eat up my flesh? I, I, I know you probably don't make that your meditation verse for the day. See, he's not speaking hypothetically. He's speaking first person from the place of his encounter. Wicked men coming against him to destroy him. My enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. And though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Why did he have to say that? Because he had an army chasing him to kill him. Saul sent out thousands of David's former military men to try to kill him. Now, here's the point I want to get to. He's going to, in a minute, he's going to say, the one thing I desire, 
This one thing I see. Gaze on the beauty of the Lord. But my point is this. There's a bunch of ingredients going on in David's life to get him to the one thing. And so often, what do we do? We delete and we look at all these challenging ingredients of our lives. We go, God's just not here. He's just not answering. And God doesn't think of it that way at all. He goes, no, I'm bringing you through something so that when you come through, your heart will be refined like silver and gold. You'll have a pure passion and desire for me. You'll know what it's like to have a tried and true faith that's been refined by the fire. And you'll get to that place where nothing else really matters. One thing I desire. See, I want to get to that place. And I don't want to discount the tough times. And I don't want to give up when things are going hard. And when trials are surrounding me. And difficulty is happening. And when the breakthrough is like, where are you, God? It's those moments that season you properly so that you can ultimately get to the spot where you go, I don't want anything. I really don't want anything else. I just want you, God. I just want you. See, the whole thing is the package. The whole thing is the encounter. It's all the encounter, guys. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear Look at this one. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. Verse five, there's another one. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Again, think it through. He doesn't have to be hidden or set high upon a rock unless he's in real danger. Those ingredients are causing the hunger. Do you see that? Do you see that? Those ingredients, the difficulties, are causing the pursuit to come out of him. Now my head shall be lifted up. Above my enemies, oh, where are your enemies, David? All around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. Oh, Lord, hear when I cry with my voice. There's something about having this, a a, a truly biblical idea of what hungering and thirsting for God looks like that we kind of delete out of the equation and it's the the active participation on our part of pursuing God. We kind of sit there and we think, well, God's big, I'm small. If God wants me, he'll come and get me. But what you see through the Psalms and through all the scripture is this, that God tells us to cry out to him. He tells us to seek him. He tells us to pursue him. He calls us out of passivity into spiritual activity. And I'm not talking about striving in the flesh. I'm talking about by the spirit of revelation and by the grace of God, according to the word of God, pursuing God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. There's a place for believers to live in, and it's called seeking God. That's where we're supposed to be. David said, 
when I cry with my voice, hear me, Lord. In other words, I'm crying, hear me. And there's something about that, getting that in your soul, that there's a part of this thing that's our job, and there's a part of this thing that's God's job. He's not going to do our job, and we can't do his. He says, have mercy on me also. Answer me. And when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do you see that? The Lord beckons him, come, seek my face. And I feel like that's what the Lord would be saying to us right now. Seek my face. 2017, here's what you do this year. Seek the face of the Lord. So many distractions, so many little frivolous things to gain our attention, so much going on in the media and the news on social networks, so much input coming at us. Let me tell you something that's critical for the church right now. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord. I mean, so much of the, the, so many of the voices, so much of the messages that we're hearing right now, they're just like smoke screens. Just, they're, they're just geared to get your attention off of what's actually critical. And what's critical right now is that the church have a fresh encounter with Jesus. That the church set her heart to pursue God with everything on the inside. That the church focus down. I think it's a great time to, to minimize right now. Just to minimize. You don't need 87 different voices speaking to you right now. You need, the, you need the voice of Jesus. You need the word. You don't need a million social networks telling you. You don't need one more Facebook video. You just don't. I know that cat is cute. You just don't need it. What we need right now is seeking his face and encountering his face. You know, I want to ask you, and you just answer to yourself, are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for God? See, I have to ask myself that on a regular basis because I realize if I live a long period of time without having a spiritual hunger, a, a hunger for God, something's wrong. I'll settle into a complacent, simplistic, you know, unspiritual version of Christianity that is not a, a biblical version, and that's so, it's so, uh, I don't know, comfortable. But it, 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 it doesn't have, the, it doesn't have the, the biblical passion that, that, that I want to live. I don't want to live in a comfortable, complacent Christianity. I, I don't want to live and just, just coast along and, and being a good person. I, I want to live encountering the uncreated God. Are you hungry for the Lord? Sometimes you just get to that place and you go, you know what, man, I just came through the holidays. It was New Year's Eve last night. What are you talking about? But, but you get to that and you just go, you know what? I, maybe I'm not that hungry, but I want to be. And having the want to is as critical as experiencing the desire of pursuit. Having the want to. Maybe you come through a season where you've just been dull. You go, Lord, I am, I'm dull right now, but I want to be hungry. That's where we got to start. 
Start with that place of saying, I don't want to live casually. I don't want to live just, just you know, looking like the, the rest of the crowd. I want to live pursuing the Lord. There's a bit of a price. You might look a little weird to other folks, to people that are comfortable and, and casual. You might look a little different. That's okay. I'd rather, I'd rather look different to people and, and weird to people than look out of step with heaven. You know what I'm saying? I'd way rather look odd to the crowd than look odd from heaven's perspective. Because from heaven's perspective, what makes sense is that people would seek God. That's what makes sense. So he says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will see. And he goes, but don't hide your face from me. You ever been there? I, I, I mean, this is so interesting. He's got the word from the Lord, seek my face. And you go, okay, okay, I got it. I got, you know, you got the dream, you got the word, you know, the scripture jumped off the page. Oh, the Lord told me to seek him. And you expect, I'm about to just have the biggest encounter from heaven ever. I've got the word from the Lord to seek him. Something big's about to happen. But David, he's saying this with a little bit of maturity on him. He goes, now this time, would you not hide your face from me? Because he knows there's times when you seek the Lord and the Lord is trying to drive hunger deeper into your soul and he loves playing hide and go seek. He's not teasing. He's just backing up a little bit so you keep coming. You just back and keep coming. He goes, don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger because you're my help. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me. You ever had that happen where family members, parents, turned away from you? David did. When that's happened, is what he's saying. When that's happened to me, he goes, you'll take care of me. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. <laughs> because I've had so many hard paths. That's what he's saying. Because it's been so hard so often because of my enemies. Would you give me a smooth path? Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. False witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. So many things going on. People lying about me. People threatening me. My family's disowned me. That's what he says. Verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, man. That's where so many believers stop. They're seeking God. They get, you know, they, they read a book, they hear a sermon, or something happens in a prayer time, they go, I'm gonna go after you, Lord. Turn away from dullness. I'm turning towards you. I'm gonna seek you. And, and, and things start swirling around their lives. You ever had that happen? Where you're seeking the Lord and like, it seems like all hell just broke loose. Everything starts going wrong. Just crazy stuff happens. And there's like spiritual warfare swirling around you. And it just doesn't, it doesn't look like devils showing up. It looks like your car breaking down and, you know, getting you know, passed over for the promotion at work. And, and three people that you have no reason for them not to like you just start speaking negatively about you. And it just looks like all this swirling thing going on around you and things aren't clicking. And you go, what is going on? 
Lord, where are you? And you're, I'm trying to seek you, but all this mess. David goes, there's times when you get to the place where you would have quit unless you believe. You see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That, beloved, that is the distinguishing thing. That's the thing that differentiates, I think, so many. So many people, they stop when it gets hard. Can I propose something to you? Trials and, tri and tribulations, the Lord uses them to try to refine your faith, that you would come through them. The devil uses them to try to get you to stop in your pursuit. At the same time, the Lord's allowing it to refine you. The enemy's doing it to try to stop you. Don't let the trial and the tribulation and the challenge stop you from pursuit. And then David, in his wisdom, he says this, so wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He'll strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I would just say this, the reason he says that uh, he'll strengthen you is because there'll be times when you're pursuing the Lord when you feel weak. And he says, wait. In other words, expectantly be patient and wait. In pursuit, in seeking of the Lord, in one thing I desire, wait. Don't give up. Don't stop. Be patient. He'll strengthen you. He'll encounter you. All right, Roman numeral three. You still with me? <laughs> Welcome to the new year. Pursuit when breakthrough is delayed. So just coming right off of what David was saying right there, what will keep us pursuing when breakthrough is delayed? Let me just give you a twofold answer. God's goodness and God's promise. God's goodness and God's promise. I don't know if you've ever had to just redo. I, sometimes in my mind, like I'll, I'll be seeking the Lord and I'll, I'll find myself going after God and you're going down the road seeking God and things start going crazy and, and, then, and, and you have to sort of remember why you're here. Why am I doing this again? And you have to sort of redo it in your mind, like, how did I get to this spot again? Why am I here? Why am I? It would be so much easier. We, didn't, we don't have to do 24-hour prayer. We can do five-hour prayer. Five hours is way easier than 24 hours. Why are we doing this? And, I, and I, so often I've had to come back and go, why? Why? Come back to the original why of so many things, not just 24-hour, but so many things. And I'll start back with, who are you, God? What are you like? Are you trying to tease me? See, I grew up the, the youngest of three brothers. Five years between me and my middle brother and six years between me and my older brother. So I, I was a perfect punching bag. So I had to decide, okay, the Lord doesn't tease me. You know, when I got saved and started understanding who he was, I realized, oh, he doesn't tease. He's never trying to mock me. Never trying to say, oh, look, look, he, he can't do it. That's so funny. He's never that way. He's never leading me on. Never dangling a carrot that he doesn't intend to, to give. Say, so, okay, so who are you? Here I am. I'm out on a limb. I'm seeking you. Who are you? 
And that's where he'll just say, you're good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good and all I do is good. See, when it gets hard, I, I have to get to that place in my pursuit where I realize that stopping the pursuit is worse than keeping on. Because I know that at the end of the pursuit is one who is good. But at the, at the place of stopping, I just, I just have the trials and the challenges. How did the old preacher say it? If you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> That's right. That'll preach. Just remember his goodness when the breakthrough is delayed. He's good. He's not teasing you. All his intentions towards you are good. All he does is good. Everything he's working is good. God is working good on behalf of the redeemed. There are so many verses. He works together everything for our good. He really does. He knows how to take ashes and make them beautiful. He's good. Don't stop seeking him. He's good. He's good. Don't stop. I think so many believers, they really, they get born again. They get changed. They get saved. Trials and challenges and storms and difficulties and relationships and problems and finances and all this mess. And man, they're going good. And man, life starts happening and they just stop. Don't stop seeking him. Keep going. Keep pursuing. I'm a fan of spiritual disciplines, not to check the box. I'm a fan of spiritual disciplines because they enable you to keep going when you don't know what to do. (laughs) Right? When everything's blowing up, you go, oh, I know, I just got to read this Bible at least. I just got to, let me just read it again. I I don't know anything else, but I got to pray right now. And if you don't know any other prayer, remember that one, our Father who art in heaven. I mean, just start. If you can't remember that, say help. That works too. But just, I, I love spiritual disciplines because they keep me on the path and I don't know what else to do. And it's amazing to me how often I'll talk to a Christian. I'll say, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going really bad. 15 things. And I go, oh, man, how's your walk with the Lord? Oh, he's not saying anything. Yeah? Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like me anymore. Oh, really? When's the last time you read the Bible? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, that might be part of the problem. He talks to you through the word. That's one of the ways. You might find he'll speak to you. But it's amazing to me how when trials and tribulations happen, we just get right off the path. Now stay in the pursuit. Stay seeking. Stay steady through the trial, through the challenge. And sometimes the trial and the challenge is just you haven't got what what you're seeking God for. You haven't. Maybe you just want God and you just, you just keep going after him, but it's like, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. Stay in the pursuit. That's a much better place to be. Seeking God and not having experienced some encounter with him is far better than sitting there with your arms folded and your car parked and you're not moving. 
right? I'd way rather be on the path than stopped. Remember his goodness. That verse 13 is so huge. David goes, I would have fainted unless I believed I'd encountered the good God. I would have fainted. His goodness keeps us in the pursuit. Second, his promise keeps us in the pursuit. I gave you a couple. There are so many verses in the Bible. There are so many verses in the Bible that the, where the scripture says, if you seek me, you will find me. Call upon me and I will answer. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. There's so many verses. Here's a couple. Deuteronomy 4.29. He's talking about Israel when they are in a time of trial. It says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you will seek him with all your heart with all your soul. Beloved, that's a word for us. I believe that's a word for 2017. You'll, if, you'll, if you'll seek the Lord with all your heart, and with all your soul, you'll find him. With all your heart and with all your soul. Well, that requires us to put a little bit of effort, doesn't it? I'm not talking about striving in the flesh. I'm talking about in the grace of God, asking God for strength, asking God for might to seek him. As simple as that. Lord, give me might to seek you because I want to seek you with all of my heart, with all of my soul. Next week, I'll just talk about, and you know what I'm gonna say probably, but I'll talk about those things that steal our strength in seeking God, that detract from our pursuit. But he says, if you'll seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. So often, I'll just tell you guys, so often when I've been praying for something or I've been seeking the Lord and believing God for breakthrough or for revival or just encounter my own heart and it's just not happening, it just feels dull. So often, I've got to come back to this place of, of just realizing he promised if I'll seek him, I'll find him. So I'm gonna stay with it because the alternative is not an, it's not an answer for me. It doesn't work for me. So he said, if I'll stay with it, then I'll find him, so I'm gonna stay with it. That's it. It's as simple as that. I love Proverbs 2. It says, if you cry out for discernment, and if you lift up your voice for understanding, I like how he, how he has specifies what seeking with all your heart looks like. He goes, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. There's that passionate place of pursuing God like you're seeking for hidden treasure. The Bible tells us this. Seek God as if you're searching for silver or gold or fine treasures. And I, I just say this. So often we say, well, I am seeking God. But we're not giving him that wholehearted devotion, are we? We're not giving him that, that full blast pursuing him are we? And he, he qualifies what it can look like with all your heart. It's just like you're seeking for buried treasure. Man, I want to be that one. I would just say it like this. Even if I never experience what I, I desire and see in my heart, what, what, what my heart is longing for in God, I would rather be the guy that sought him all my life like that 
than the person that lived in complacency and in comfort and casual Christianity and didn't go after it. I'd way rather go all the way and, and just have that as a testimony. He saw it and now he's dead and now he's found. I'd way rather have that on my tombstone than he never saw it. It might make sense. It might make sense. Am I making sense? That's a little bit of an ironic statement there. It might make sense. All right. B, and lastly, this. The breakthrough isn't our job. The breakthrough is God's job. It's God's job. Passionate pursuit is our job. If we do our job, God promises he will do his. You can't manipulate him. You can't make deals with him. All that, I, you know, those... You know, you see it like in a comedy or something. God, I promise I'll never do this again if you'll save me right here. None of those deals are real. None of that works with God. He says, seek me. Do your job. You do your job. Seek me. He goes, and you'll find me. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. You can't manipulate it. Can't, there's no shortcutting it. There, there's no way around it. You, if you want a vibrant, passionate heart for Jesus, you want burning heart, fiery for God, you want to experience the spirit of revelation, you want to see revival, there's no other way than seeking God. There is no lottery with God. There is no manipulating God. There's passionately pursuing God, and God will passionately pursue you. It's, that, it's just that. We want to make it so many other things. If you'll read this book, I remember this one guy wrote this book. He said, the Lord told me if you'll buy my book and read my book, uh, that uh, uh, he will appear to everybody who buys my book. (laughs) Well, there's just not a verse for that. You don't have a Bible verse for that one. What we do have Bible verses for is Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. If you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Because if you search for me, as for, like you search for hidden treasure, you'll find the knowledge of God. We have verses for that. So here I am at the beginning of the year, and I, I really, I just want to prick your heart. I want you to remember days of encounter when you encountered the Lord. I want you to remember days where you'd open the Bible and it was so rich to you. I want you to remember what you did when you were seeking the Lord at, a, at, a, at an earlier time and, and the fire and the passion you felt. And I want to call you to return, to remember and return. And to, let's make this year a a year of radical pursuit of Jesus. Amen. Let's make this year a year where we we just won't let anything get in our way. That, you know, our schedule and our time and and the way that we do, you know, our life, that it all has to center around our pursuing of the Lord. Not the Lord has to center around what we're doing with our time. You know what I'm saying? That we really do seek Him first.
I want to be able to say with David, just like David says it, one thing I desire. One, and, and have it be real. And I don't mind if there's ingredients that aren't so fun. Because I really want to get that heart that's completely purified. One thing I desire of the Lord. That will I see. Gaze on the beauty of the Lord to dwell in his house all the days of life. Oh, beloved, this is our portion in this life. We get to live as seekers and pursuers of God. He promises he'll meet us. I, I love the, the, the uh, uh, Matthew 5, verse 4. It said, blessed are those who mourn. That's talking about spiritual hunger. They will be comforted. And he goes on, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. I want to be on that side. I, I want to be on the side that gets filled and the side that gets comforted by the power of God. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand.